I'm going to be sharing a, a message this this afternoon, one that even as I prepared it has spoken to me and I spent a lot of time contemplating what am I going to speak on. Um, there's many things that sort of came to mind, but this is definitely a message that resonates with me. And I pray that as I learned much by putting this together, I pray that you also will be able to learn something about the love of Jesus. But just before I make a start, I invite you to bow your heads to me wherever you are as I say a word of prayer. Father in heaven, I thank you for this day. I thank you for the Sabbath day. Father, I indeed know that I am not worthy, Father, but I pray that you will still use me to speak a word here to your people and that lives will be changed, but ultimately someone will be drawn closer to you. This is my prayer in your name. Amen. Amen. So this afternoon, I'm going to be talking about the power of touch, the power of touch. And so the power of touch is vital for our health, our wellness, our happiness, says the world's leading neuroscientist. So every two or three months, there's a young man um, that goes out and he's called Tiago Ohana. He goes out on the busy streets of Vienna. Now, I'm not sure if he still does this during lockdown or so, since social distancing has come into play, but he goes out on the streets of Vienna and goes out and gives free hugs, free hugs. Um, he's a 32-year-old Brazilian man and he works in international trade um, at India's Vienna's Vienna Embassy. Um, he chooses a popular location in a shopping center um, on a street and there he opens his arms to anyone who wants a hearty embrace. He opens his arms to anyone who wants a hug. And he does this because back in 2012, when he was feeling stressed and anxious during a visit to Paris, a stranger gave him a free hug and he's never forgotten how it filled him with unexpected calm and joy. For those who take up this offer, the hug makes them laugh and smile but sometimes it does more and it was the case when an elderly woman in a tour group stopped and watched him the group moved on but she lingered and asked can i have a hug of course you can said tiago who wrapped his arms around her and when they broke their embrace she kept holding on and she said thank you i can't remember the last time i hugged this way it's a memory that still makes Tiago emotional. He says it was a powerful moment of human connection. It's why I keep doing it. Of our five senses, our sense of touch is the one that we are most apt to take for granted. And yet it's the one we least can't do without. And it's been interesting that, you know, we've been in this period of lockdown and social distancing where that's one thing we've really suffered from, not being able to simply touch and it's interesting that a u.s neuroscientist called david j linden says this a child can be born blind or deaf and they will grow up just fine with no cognitive impairments yet if an infant is derived of loving social touch for the first two years of life then all sources of diseases and disasters unfold the power of touch the power of touch now in the bible we find an interesting story about the power of touch about the power of touch i invite you to turn with me in your bibles to the book of mark book of mark chapter 5 
And I'll be in Mark chapter 5, verses 25 to 34. Mark chapter 5, verses 25 to 34. And it reads, And a woman who was there had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all that she had. Yet instead of getting any better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was free from her suffering. At once, Jesus realized the power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my clothes? Verse 31, you see the people crowding against you, his disciples answered, and you can ask who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet, trembling with fear, told him the whole truth and said to her, and he said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed. Be freed from your suffering. Now, the more, the more I read the Bible and the more... I learn about Jesus, the more I'm simply just fascinated, fascinated by this man. He had just calmed the winds and the waves. You know, early on in Mark chapter four, that's kind of what's taking place. Jesus is on one side of the sea and the crowds are pressing him. He gets into a boat and he finds himself on the sea and he falls asleep. And the disciples in their frantic and their worry, they try and wake Jesus up and say, Master, we're perishing, we're perishing. And he shows his authority over the sea. Then he heads over to the other side and he encounters the man who's demon possessed. And he has shows his authority over these demons and heals this man. And he heads back over to the other side of the lake. And now in Mark chapter five, on his when he reaches the other side of the lake, he is approached by Jairus. And on his way to heal his daughter and raise a child from the dead, he has an encounter with a sick woman. In all these stories, we learn that Jesus will not let disease nor death have their way. And so I've entitled my first point that I want to look at is that life can be challenging. Life can be challenging. Even for the believer, life can be challenging. And so verse 25 and verse 26 the woman was here she'd been subject to this for 12 years and had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all that she had yet instead of getting better she grew worse now here we have a woman the bible does not tell us the name of this woman nor does it give us really any backdrop into who she is she's not named but what we do know about this woman is that she was incredibly sick and had suffered a great deal for many, many years. Now, I want you to understand the situation that this woman finds herself in and, and really how, how dire and how, how destitute her circumstances were at this point. 
Um, imagine we just spent some time, right? We spent some time in a pandemic and all of us know what it's like to be in a pandemic where this time last year or even now, we don't really want to hug, don't really want to be too close around people, kind of want to keep our distance and stay separate from people. Um, can you imagine that being your life for 12 years? Can you imagine that being your life for 12 long years of suffering where no one wants to be around you, where you're in effect socially distancing, where you're in effect isolating yourself from just about everything and anybody for 12 years? Can you, can you imagine going through that for 12 years where no one wants to be around? Now, we know Levitical law tells us in Levitical 15 that such was the disease of this woman that she was rendered unclean. Unclean, her condition left her cut off from society. Her condition left her cut off from a society and she literally could not be around anyone. She couldn't be around anyone. Um, not only was she worse off for her condition, but we also learned that such was the nature of her condition that she's been subject to this thing for 12 years. She suffered. She suffered a great deal. She's gone to many doctors and she's been to this doctor, that doctor, and her condition is not getting any better. And not only that, but she's broke. She's spent off all the money that she has trying to get well. She's spent literally everything. Um, maybe her situation would have been slightly better if she at least had some money left to her name, that she at least look for some sort of solution. Maybe there was some of a doctor she could pay for to go for, but this woman is in a serious position of desperation where she literally has nothing to her name. No one wants to be around her. She has no cure for her disease. This woman is in desperation. She's looked everywhere, tried everything, looking for a cure, and she cannot find one. And yet this is the exact type of person that we see often Jesus is in the business of healing. And I wonder, do you ever know what it's like to have an issue that you cannot solve? How many of us could maybe relate to this woman and sort of think in life, different situations that we've had where you find yourself in a situation where you cannot solve your situation. And how often is it that we find ourselves in these difficult situations where God is the last resource of our sorrow? Sometimes we try and heal ourselves through our own devices. Sometimes we look to other means and we literally try everything before we try God. And so what do we do in these life situations? What do we do in these life circumstances? In effect, this woman has tried everything humanly possible in order to heal herself. And she'd not found a cure. She's tried everything. And here we have a picture of a believer really holding a heavy burden something that has been weighing them down like this woman many of us today can probably relate to this um so my question then to you today is so then what do you do when you find yourself 
in this sort of situation. What do you do when you find yourself in this sort of situation? I just wonder if anyone can actually identify with this poor woman when you've been struggling with something. And I'm not just talking to those of us who maybe have been struggling with physical sicknesses. I'm talking those of us who may have been struggling with mental sickness, those of us who've been struggling with any sort of problem where we've been struggling for work, struggling for a job, struggling with our health, struggling with our finances, struggling with so many different things where we've tried everything and it seems like there is no answer. When you've been to the doctors, you've been to the experts and it seems like they have no answer, those who are supposed to know can't help you, what do you do? What do you do when you've read all the books that you're supposed to read, when you spent time in your Bible, you spent time praying, and yet you have no answer? When you've listened to all the sermons that you could listen to, when you spent time praying, when you spent time fasting, and yet you have no answer? When you maybe lost your job, you start struggling financially, when your friends have walked away, when family have let you down, what do you do? When you've been praying and you've been praying and it seems like there's no answer and you find yourself literally at breaking point, what do you do? When you've tried everything, everything in your own power to fix your own situation, everything you can do and yet there is no answer, what do you do? What do you do? But there is still hope even when there seems like there's no answer. Even when it seems like everything that is humanly, that may be humanly possible for us to do has no answer or no solution, there is still hope. There is faith. And it's in situations like this, it's in situations like this where faith becomes real. You see, the interesting thing about this woman, the story of this woman is not necessarily the fact that she'd just gone through what she had gone through. Of course, what she had gone through had been very challenging. Of course, what she had gone through had been much of a struggle to her. And yet, in the situation she finds herself in, she does not give up. Even after 12 years of struggling and suffering, she did not stop believing. Now, how many of us after this amount of time would still have the faith that this woman has in, in desperation to step out and say, I'm gonna find, I'm still gonna not stop hoping, believing that things can get better for me. And the challenge is really, when I think about the story of this woman is that even perhaps those around her maybe would have told her, you know, I want to be honest with you, the situation that you're in, it doesn't really seem like there's an answer. Um, I, I, I struggle to think in my mind what she may have been going through. People may have even told her there's no answer to your solution. There's no solution, probably, sorry. There's no answer to your problem. People may have even told her you're done, you're finished. There is no cure. And even though mankind may have said this is impossible, when Jesus is in the picture, when Jesus is in the picture, there is still hope. And so she doesn't stop believing, she still has faith. After 12 years, she has not given up. 
And so she's heard of this man. She's heard of a man who has authority over the winds and the waves. She's heard of a man who at one touch can heal people. She's heard of a man who can, he's heard, she's heard of a man who can heal the sick, who can cast demons out of people. She's heard of this man and in her desperation, she makes her way over to Jesus. She cares. She, she doesn't care so much about the people. She doesn't care about the crowd. She just wants to be healed. And so desperately, she makes her way over to Jesus. Now, verse 27, when she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. And verse 29, immediately her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. She was convinced that if she should just get one touch of Jesus, she would be healed. She says to herself, if I could just touch his clothes, I will be healed. I don't necessarily need to go to Jesus and totally ask him to heal me. I don't need to fully embrace him. I just need a touch of his hem, the hem of his garment, and I will be healed. Now, first things first is to understand that this woman was not supposed to be here. She was supposed to be isolating and social distancing. We touched on before, this woman was unclean. She was not supposed to be around. And I'm sure other folks knew they were not supposed to be around her, nor was she supposed to be around people. And I want you to understand what's going through. This woman, she's not supposed to be here. And, and I'm sure she's trembling as she makes her way over to Jesus. And she's, she's trying to hide from some of the folks that know she's maybe not supposed to be here, those who may comment, she's trying to, she's trying to stay away from those people. But when, when you really want to be healed, when you really want to be made well, you cannot be deterred by what people may think of you. You cannot be deterred by what people may think of you. You cannot let anybody or their opinions get between you and Jesus. And so she makes her way over to Jesus. Now, I myself am shocked, shocked at the faith of this woman. And at one touch, immediately, she is healed of her disease. Now, I want you to notice the power of Jesus in this situation. At one touch, she is healed of her disease. Now, we, we find another story in John chapter 5, verse 8, where Jesus heals the lame man. And Jesus says to the man in verse 8, Jesus says to him, get up, pick up your mat and walk. And at once, verse 9, John chapter 5, the man was cured. He picked up his mat and walked. Now, I want you to notice that the Bible does not say, and next week, the Bible does not say, and a few days later, but at that very moment, the man was healed when Jesus heals the blind man. Then Jesus heals the leper. Or All these instances we see, with Jesus going around healing people, the healing takes place in an instant. They don't have to wait weeks or months. They don't have to wait for 
anything to take place, immediately they are healed. Over and over, we see the power of Jesus to restore health. Over and over, we see the power of Jesus to restore health. And I want to say to someone who may be watching that when the doctors and the physicians may have ran out of answers, when the experts and those most knowledgeable cannot help you, when even the religious leaders and the pastors can offer you little help and cannot solve your problem, when you find yourself in a situation where you can't find solve your problem, where you tried everything and looked everywhere with no success, do not let this destroy your faith. There is still hope for you in your situation. Your faith is imperative. Faith that things can and will get better. Faith in the impossible. Faith in the impossible. And there's a few things that we can learn from this story um, of this woman. And the first point that I want to look at is that healing and deliverance is through Christ. How often times in life do we go everywhere trying every single different solution before we come to Jesus? Sometimes there's things in your life ultimately that no man can help you with. Sometimes there are things that only Jesus can heal. Here, this woman in this time faithfully had sought medical advice, but to no avail. She'd been here, she'd been there. No, nothing had been able to solve her solution except Jesus. And I'll say to you that there are times in your life where no one can help you but Jesus. There are also times where your salvation and your deliverance is going to be dependent on some personal effort. Yes, Jesus was willing to heal this woman, but notice that she, she devised a plan. She made her way over to Jesus. And what I wanted to suggest to you also is that come to Jesus without delay. Don't wait. Be proactive. Come to him. Sometimes your healing, sometimes your deliverance, sometimes your salvation is going to be dependent on personal effort from you. Yes, Christ will do it in and through you, but it requires your personal effort. And finally, what I also want to say as well is that healing and deliverance comes by faith in Christ, not simply by contact with him. This woman touched Jesus believing that she would be healed, believing that she would be healed. It was not enough simply that she had heard about Jesus. It was not simply enough that she was in the same crowd as Jesus. It was not simply enough that she touched him, but she believed she had faith that he could heal her that he could heal her. And so that for me is something that's incredibly important, not necessarily just to have a knowledge of Christ, not simply to just read the Bible, not simply to just attend church, not simply to have just a knowledge of the things that he can do, but do we truly believe, do we truly believe by faith that he can do what he says he will do. Do we truly believe that he can do it?
And so my final point this afternoon is something that I want to focus on. And I've entitled this last section, Public Declaration and the Love of Jesus. Public Declaration and the Love of Jesus. And so we reach verse 30 to 34 now of, of this story. And, and it reads that once Jesus realized the power had gone out from him, he turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my clothes? Verse 31, you see the people crowding against you, his disciples answered, and yet you can ask who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet, trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. He said to her, daughter, faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. Your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be free. Now, the interesting thing about this story, and sometimes when I read the Bible, you know, I've got to laugh because, you know, it's stuff like this that actually tells me that this, this can't be fake because it's the human elements that are added in there that really give this sometimes realness and meaning to me. You know, the disciples are just like me, just like me and you. I'm in a crowd with Jesus, right? And Jesus, Jesus asked the question, who touched me? The disciples will think, Jesus, what is wrong? Like, you're in a crowd full of people. And any of us know what it's like to be walking through a crowd of people. You know, maybe not you know, recently, but we know what it's like to be walking through a crowd of people. And the disciples are literally like, Jesus, you're walking through a crowd. What do you mean? Who touched you? What do you mean who touched you? Like, anybody could have touched you. Like, you're in a crowd full of people. And the disciples, they're just like me and you, they're asking, like, Jesus, what's wrong with you? They're struggling to understand the point that he's getting at. They're struggling to understand the point that he's making. But Jesus persists in seeking out this woman. Jesus persists in seeking out this woman. For 12 years, this woman had known no peace. For 12 years, she had been suffering, but now her life is about to start anew. Her life had been filled with sorrow. Her life had been filled with financial struggles, but now it's filled with potential. For this healed woman is now free again. She's free again to enter the temple and the synagogue. She's free again to associate with people everywhere. Her whole history has been radically renewed by his touch. And yet, though she had heard of this man called Jesus, and though she touched his hem, she didn't know what he was truly like. And so Jesus persists in seeking out this woman, not in harshness, but in love. You see, Jesus wanted to acknowledge this woman. He didn't want her to just come and get her healing and then run away. Her faith was weak, and in this moment, he would strengthen it. See, Jesus did not want her to go away without receiving her blessing. And so he calls to her and says, go in peace and be freed from your suffering. And, and you see, this woman, she comes and falls at his feet, trembling with fear, telling the whole truth. She didn't understand what Jesus was like. But in the love that he has, in compassion, he says to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace 
and be freed from your suffering. And so the truth of the matter is that ultimately, this woman was a sick woman, but she was a sick woman in a crowd of other sick people. And maybe those in the crowd didn't realize it, but those in the crowd are also people just like you and me. All of us really, in effect, are sick. Any of us may not have such a physical sickness such as this woman had, but the truth is that all of us are sick and dealing with the same problem that is sin. And just as much as this woman desperately needed Jesus, so do we. Just as much as she needed him and sought him out and needed him to heal her and solve um, the sickness that she had in her situation, so do we also need him. And when you come to Jesus in faith, healing can take place. It doesn't matter what your condition is. It doesn't matter what your sin is that you've been struggling with. It doesn't matter what your physical condition may be. The same Jesus that had authority over the wind and the waves, the same man that restored the mind of a man who was demon-possessed has the power today to step into your situation and make a difference to heal and restore you. I mean, the truth of the matter is there are things that may have been affecting many of us for years and years and years. Yes, there's physical sicknesses, but sins that have maybe trapped you for years, things that may seem impossible for you to overcome, things that you have tried for years and years to overcome. You maybe spoke to people, you maybe prayed about it, you maybe fasted, you maybe read the Bible and still there seems like there is no change in your condition. I believe that the same thing that Jesus did for this one, he also wants to do for us today. As he healed this woman, he can do the same for you in your situation. My question for you today as I close, my question for you today is do you truly, do you truly believe that he can do it? Amen.